0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Links, Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen.
1: Cheeselinks.com.au Hi and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, proudly brought to you by Cheeselinks yes. and with me, Kevin Hillier, as part of that little ensemble and proud to be here with Sarah Patterson, proud to be associated with Cheese Links, and looking forward to a really good show.
2: Oh, Kevin, it's not a little ensemble, it's a huge one.
1: No need to get personal. You don't know
2: how much I look forward to this <laughs> weekly catch-up with you, sitting alongside you in the studio, keeping our social distance. It's
1: always a bit of fun, and uh, we have a terrific guest for you, which yep. we'll tell you about in a tick. Uh, but a reminder about uh, Cheese Links: uh, if you want the complete range of being able to make get, make cheese in your house. <laughs> yes. And know how to do it, know what you're doing.
2: It's easier than you think, and it's it uh, quite actually. a challenge, depending on what level of cheese making you want to do. It's
1: more a challenge with how you do but it. But Janet
2: yourself. from Links can get you started with all the equipment you need to make cheese in your own kitchen.
1: And it's not like you need an industrial kitchen to do no. it, you need it just quietly. You can do, you do it in a very uh, the normal suburban kitchen is the perfect
2: place yeah, to do it. Yeah, rather small space.
1: Exactly. 52821984 that's Janet's number. Give her a call at cheeselinks.com.au all the social media yep. platforms as well. All the details there, yogurt makers, everything. Have a look on the website and you'll be able to see all the things that go in. And then you'll go, ah,
2: oh, wow. you'll have an aha moment.
1: I know what they're talking about now. And you don't Whoa. need to have, you know, the industrial kitchen, you can do it in your very own little kitchen at home in sub- mid- downtown suburbia. You can
2: make your own brie and you can even whack it, you know, on the, the Barbie.
1: We have a terrific <laughs> get. Oh, now you uh, <laughs> yeah. did you put that photo up on the Facebook? I did. Page? That's the beautiful. brie on the barbecue. Brie,
2: yeah. It's got some lovely fruit arrangement on top of it. There's a bit of a drizzle of some description on it as well. Mm. Looks colourful, looks delicious. And as you remember, Janet made us baked brie for lunch when yes. we did the cheese making workshop.
1: Yes, she Woo-hoo! did.
2: One yes, of the highlights of the day. It that and to. my halloumi were the highlights. No,
1: no, forget your halloumi. Um, no, hey. Janet, no, that was nice, that brie. But we but digress. The, but the barbecue brie with the fruit on top. Doesn't look beautiful. Cool. Check that out on the Facebook page. And don't forget check at the uh, Friday Food Poll on the Facebook page too, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, also Twitter and all the other social medias, Instagram and all those. But our guest this week is awaiting. He is uh, about to launch a brand new television program called A Middle East Feast, which premieres on SBS Food on the 24th, so a week away, and uh, he's a a mad bulldog supporter, Mm -hmm. and he's a really good bloke. I think you're going to enjoy meeting Shane D'Elia because he is a ripper, and here he comes on Food Bites. You are
0: listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by cheese Links, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au.
1: Hey, how are you? Good, G'day. Shane. How are you going? It's Kevin and Sarah. How are you? I'm frantic. Frantic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about a Middle East feast, and uh, it's starting on television uh, next week. Um, so give us a little insight into what it's all about.
3: Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's probably been one of the most um, rewarding shows that I've had a chance to be involved with um, because it's it's there's no smoke and mirrors. I mean, you don't get all that sort of opulence of traveling and everything else. It's really about helping customers connect with new flavors in a way that they can sort of you know build into their own repertoire at home. So you know, it's opening you know Australians you know eyes and stomachs to some really exotic flavors that are probably more mainstream now than ever.
2: Middle Eastern cooking, Shane. What um, first up is the appeal?
3: I, I think the the, the simplicity. I, like, I think people sometimes think that it's too hard and it's too exotic, and I don't want to get my head around it. But really, there's a baseline of simple ingredients that come together um, just to produce great flavour. I mean, um, yes, there can be a lot of skill, and you can spend years and a lifetime trying to get you know the perfect you know uh, techniques. But essentially, you can add these things into your average you know, dishes and start to add it to your own personality. So I think Middle East food, um, especially here in Australia, gives people a chance to really broaden their horizons.
2: And there's a heavy emphasis on share plates, isn't there, with Middle Eastern cooking. So we're talking about effectively bringing people together to come and share.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think if you think where Australia started, I mean, and, um, and, and I'm not the historian, but you see where we sort of started from, an, you know, from a... From a British sort of Anglo background, where it was your food heavily protected on your table with your slice of overcooked meat and mm-hmm. overcooked veg and you know um, pretty bland gravy, um, where it was just yours and it was your territory and it was all about you. To Australia is now a community of brilliant colours, flavours, you know differences um, that all come together. So you want to share that, and and you want to you want to have food as the medium for conversation. It doesn't it shouldn't just be this plate of nourishment that you just kind of like scoff down and you're off. Yeah, like you know, it's 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 there to be you know to be enjoyed, and I don't think a Middle Eastern banquet needs to be all Middle Eastern food. Like you can have something that's a traditional traditional Middle Eastern dish and a side of noodles. I mean, whatever works, mate. This is Australia; you can do whatever the hell you want. So <laughs> I think it just gives people a, a you know a new weapon in their arsenal.
2: And I think you've, you've pretty much pointed out there that we we eat as much with our eyes, don't we, as anything. And Middle Eastern cuisine, especially, is um like it's very attractive looking cuisine.
3: Yeah, especially the modern Middle Eastern food. I mean, if you think about sort of, you know, what's coming out of sort of the Mediterranean regions of, of the Middle East and, you know, very vibrant and vegetable focused and, you know, fresh and healthy. I mean, that's something that's, you know, really sort of, you know, especially about like Middle Eastern food. You know, really well balanced, you know, protein, like meat proteins aren't necessarily the main driver all the time. You know, they can be an accompaniment, but they don't always have to be about a roasted side of lamb. You know, yes, lamb shoulder is one of those dishes that people think, oh, Middle Eastern lamb is great. But then there's like a plethora of vegetable and pulse and rice dishes around them that make it special.
1: Shane, is there a misconception about how
3: spicy Middle Eastern food is? Yeah, well, it comes down to the word spicy, right? Mm. Um, you know, when I think about spicy, I, when I think about something spicy, I don't think about heat necessarily. But most people do. They go, I don't like spicy food. Like, people come to our restaurant and say, I'm not a big fan of spice. I'm like, well, you're in a Middle Eastern restaurant. So do you mean you don't like cumin, coriander, nutmeg, cinnamon, or do, do you not like chili and cayenne pepper? Oh, no, I don't like anything hot. Okay, well, hot's not spicy. Um, there's only a couple of spices that are really hot. The majority of them are quite, you know, are quite sweet and, and savory. Um, so, yes, there's a misconception that Middle Eastern food is hot, spicy, um I don't think that there's only there's not it's, it's not the case i mean you don't really see it in the middle east a little bit in north Africa um but i think it, when you think about spicy food there's you know like Thai food spicy yeah. um you know like in some of Indian curries've got like spicy like hot spicy um but middle eastern food you know it, it, it's not it's not so big and if there are chilies it's kind of pickled chilies to sort of you know, yeah. bring down the heat and focus on the flavour.
2: Do you think, um, Shane, when people are cooking at home and uh, the use of spices is involved, do you think there's a sense of trepidation with people who um, aren't quite sure what spices to use or how yep. to mix them or, or how to cook them?
3: Most definitely. Um, you know, you, it's another ingredient you have to add to your pot. It's how much do you put in there? Is it going to become offensive? It's like when people that old stigma around, I don't want fishy fish. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, you know, like it's kind of, you know, like, um, like yeah, we spot, I mean... It, <laughs> Look, I think you have to take the first step. It's a step of discovery. You know, you take that first step and go, I'm going to try cumin. And cumin is quite a big spice to start with, right? It's like it's a big, mm, balls-out spice, you know. Um, but start a little bit, you know, build your palate. Maybe you maybe you don't like it at all. Maybe you go, wow, this is just unlocked a heap of flavor for me. And then try adding other spices to start building that. Well, But, you know, can I tell you, I mean, I'm not the purist. Like, I can go to the supermarket and you can buy a spice mix, which will be – like 30 spices all together. And some of those things are really, really good, right? Yeah. Start there. Like, start there. Why not? Just get it into your colour.
2: Yeah. That's good to know.
1: Yeah, Yeah. the the subtleties of blending spices is something that I I think a lot of us grapple with.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, how much cumin do you put? How much cinnamon do you put? How much nutmeg? That's why Middle Eastern cooking, you've got great things like Hanut and baharat, and, like, these brilliant spice blends that are almost like an all-purpose seasoning. Um, that you can start to experiment with and you know start slow and then finish hard it's fine
2: Hey Shane you said to us before we started this interview you've had a, a frantic morning to say the least with interview after interview you're a busy bloke and I just wondered also uh, does that mean that you uh, you love your uh, coffee being here in Melbourne are you a big coffee drinker to get by?
3: Is that even a question? <laughs> like yeah of course <laughs> like of course of course I mean I've got, I've got you know it's funny when you do like you think, talk to people whether it's for an interview or just in general, they say, oh, what's the one thing that you've got at home that's just like your pride and joy? And they're always expecting me to say some fancy knife or <laughs> chopping block or like, one of my cars. I love cars. I'm like, it's like my, my lover's loco coffee machine. So it's like I don't have to leave. I don't. That, that, that was my lockdown saviour, mate. Like, are you serious? Like, I reckon I would have gone crazy not being able to get a good coffee, you know, for a whole 18 months. But um, no, no, I'm a good coffee guy. I'm a big coffee guy.
2: So you're powered by coffee?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've already had... Three this morning, um, one with milk, two without.
1: Jeez, Are you, so what's what's your go-to coffee? Is it a, a, a short black, or what is
3: it? Um, I've got a bit of a routine, and this sounds a bit nerdy. I'm sorry, but and, I, and I'm not, I don't nerd out about anything. But I've got a rule that my first my first coffee of the day has to be a good one. Like, I, like if I haven't had, like if I haven't gone to a coffee shop that I know or made that first coffee myself, generally, if someone I go to a meeting, someone say, "Hey, do you want a coffee?" I'm like. Mm. <laughs> It can't be shit. Like it has to be good. So uh, my first, yes, like, like my first coffee in the morning. I can't. I can't go in straight away with like a, a, a coffee without milk. It has to. I normally have like a, a you know a, a, a double shot skinny latte as my first coffee of the day, um, and then sort of by about that's normally at about like eight o'clock, and then by about. Ten thirty, I'm into my macchiatoes, and then by about one o'clock, I've, I've had a double espresso. So you're very and then I'm, particular. No, then I'm pretty good.
2: You like it how you like yeah, it.
3: Yeah, yep. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you only live once, right? You might as well do things that you like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Hey, lockdown um, uh, made you become a bit more inventive about the business side of things, and and looking at that, um, how is the, how is the hospitality and uh, and restaurant business at the moment?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm always been an optimist. I mean, I don't like to talk about doom and gloom. Um, we've always lived in a challenging environment I mean hospitality's always been a very low margin high risk business yeah. um, and it's, it's probably the hardest like, I mean, I've been in this industry for nearly 24 24 years now this is the hardest I've ever seen um, but you know you always face with challenge you find a way you move forward you galvanise you build your team you focus on the core and, and, and you just continue to strive through like I mean if I was in hospitality to make money, I mean, I'll probably just put my money in the bank, you know, you make, and you make crappy returns there, at least yeah. it's secure. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, I, I love our industry, and I, and I think that's what makes our, you know, our country so great is that we've got so many passionate people on all different creative fronts, whether it's arts or, or performing arts or music or fashion or, you know, anything. Um, we, we're a country of creatives who are just unbelievably unrestricted. Um, So we're going to push on. right? We're going to find a way. We'll make it work.
2: Shane, you're well known as a restaurateur in uh, in and around um, Melbourne, but you're also well known for being on our screens. You're no stranger to television, indeed, with uh, what we're going to be seeing on SBS Food coming up, but also previously with shows like Postcards. You've done a lot of TV. Are you comfortable in front of the camera? Do you enjoy that side of it?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, I've had I've, I've had I've had to grow in that in that role. I mean, I remember I've, I've looked back at a couple of the early stuff that I did. And I go, "Wow, I was really shit." <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I, I kind of feel like I'm not a I'm not a I've never had any media training. I've never really had any direction in regards to TV. Um, it's all just been self taught. A couple of great producers over the years where they've kind of really given me some stern sort of you know guidance, but. Uh, I feel more comfortable now. I mean, I, I like doing what I do. I mean, I've, I've been blessed to be put into positions where I can thrive. But we, I think choosing the right shows to present and be involved in is really important. I mean, I've had a, a ton of chances to be a game show host. and, and like sort of home cooking, you know, just, uh, reality shows, which isn't me. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: I like to do things with soul and purpose, you know. And um, I, I'm a commercial guy. I mean, we all have to make money and do what we have to do. But I kind of feel that when you're in people's homes on the screen, and they're looking at you. You have to gain their trust, and uh, I, I kind of—I I stand by everything we've done, whether it's rated its it stocks off or it's been a flop. It's always had a purpose. So, um, no, no, I feel comfortable in front of the screen now. I've, I've done some good stuff, and I'm proud of it.
2: When you uh, when you're at home after you know a frenetic day of uh, interviews and you're home and you can put your feet up, do you like to cook?
3: <laughs> when I'm home and I can put my feet yeah. up, yeah. Uh, or do you, you prefer someone else? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm just grappling with the, with the, with the dream of being home and being able to cook my feet up. Um, <laughs> um, um, so, 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 uh, um, I'm home now. I mean, we're in the last day of lockdown and we're, I'm trying to homeschool. Um, and in between all of that, I'm doing all these interviews and then I've looked into my fridge and I've got a bottle of Louis Rotor, some some Chablis, um, a couple of eggs, some, oh, some rice from two days ago. And I'm thinking I can feed the kids. So I've been chopping and cooking while we were doing these interviews. Oh. So I made them. This, which which I thought was a really nice little fried rice dish, which my son just wanted to throw at the wall and tell me that I'm the worst chef in the world. So, um, <laughs> look, like, like I mean, like, yeah. Look, I, I I actually enjoy cooking at home, and it's really sort of relaxing for me. And I've got, a, I've got I love my home. I love my wife. I've got a beautiful home environment, but um, I just don't have the chance. And to be honest, I'm. My my biggest critics, my eight year old son, who's staring at me, and he hates everything I cook. So, like, it's kind of like I sit sit there and go, "Why do I even try?" I have to go shopping. I have to make this thing. I like to do things that take a lot of time, and it's like, you know what? Just have a nugget, man.
2: But it's honestly though, with with lockdown as part of the equation, and we're 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 doing the homeschool thing too. It's it's pretty weird, isn't it? The whole thing's pretty weird.
3: Yeah, look, it it is, um, and, and and. I'm going to miss it, you know. Like, and it's hard for me to say because I'm, I'm my, my industry is being obliterated, and I know so many people are doing it really hard. But as much as there's days where all of us are looking at each other in the house and want to rip each other's eyeballs out, um, <laughs> there's beauty in knowing that I can wake up in the morning and my kids are here, and I'm going to help them with their schooling, and we're going to spend the whole day together, and we've connected, and I put them to bed, and uh, the things that probably most normal people get. Take for granted yeah. where they actually see their kids and spend time with their family and and don't just come home, sleep, wake up, and go to work. Um, I've really enjoyed that. I mean, I left school when I was fifteen. I left school on the Friday. I started work on the Monday, and then my first Christmas was off was two thousand and ten. So, like, I mean, I mean, I, I I haven't lived a normal life. So, like, to, to have this time at home where you can actually engage and say, "Wow, what." That $20,000 garden that we put in actually really beautiful. I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's nice, it's nice to enjoy your house.
2: You've stopped and smelt the roses. It sounds like it's been a blessing.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think it has been. And I, I, Look, if I had my other hat on, I could say how bad it's been and it's been my worst year financially in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I think that um, how many staff – are struggling and my future, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I kind of had an idea what it looked like before. We were on the road to, you know, wherever that was going, but that road has been ripped up and I I just don't know. But the positive side of me says, you know what, mate, you know, like I'm healthy and my family's good and my mum and dad are great and my brother and sister are good and I have good friends and my footy team's winning and life's good.
1: (laughs) Just don't stuff up the chicken nuggets for lunch, will you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, mate, can I say I think there's a bloke down the road called Ronald who'll be doing those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you mentioned your footy. I know you got. A, we share a passion for the Western Bulldogs, so uh, and you obviously the the fact we've had that to uh, kind of uh, slip into while all this has been going on has been good too. Oh,
3: mate, can I say it's. it's I mean, I've loved getting to the game because um, I've missed that really. I, I, if that was one thing I missed last year, it was getting to the footy, But like, I really miss it. Um, but you know, even this, you know, the other day we were playing, and you know, I think we were playing in. I can't remember where we were playing, um, when we played Melbourne and no one was there. It was here at the Marvel. Um, just, just watching it at home, it gives you this um, this buzz that you, you're back, you're alive, and there's some juice in the engine to keep moving.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, best of luck with Middle East Feast. Best of luck with the chicken nuggets for lunch, and uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us on Food Bites. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Shane.
3: No, Laura, thanks for
0: taking time. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen.
1: CheeseLinks.com.au Sandra. oh the you West. couldn't
2: D- help yourself D- D- Fred
1: well you see him in the rooms after the games and stuff
2: wasn't it nice and uplifting to hear from a, a bloke who um probably because of the the nature of his uh, job in the real world he doesn't get to spend a hell of a lot of time at home with the fam and putting his kids to bed and so forth and he's really stopped to smell the roses I guess and yep. uh, is really <laughs> has enjoyed um, lockdown being able to be with his kids make them lunch even though they reject it can you believe that <laughs> 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 and um, and help them with their <laughs> Their schoolwork. Can so, you imagine the other
1: kids uh, at school? Oh, your dad's Sh- shamed Oh, really? Yes. He must make... No, he makes no, crap no, food. no, no, no. no. <laughs> just, just imagine oh, that I love it. Would be. All right. Now, the Friday food poll, which you'll find on uh, all the social media outlets on a Friday morning, first thing.
2: Yes. I thought something that you have with your cuppa. Put two bickies up against each other. And what better pairing? Oh. Iced Vovo versus oh. Tony Jones's favourite. The TV snacks. Yes. Oh, little chocolate nuggets of
1: goodness! Can I just say, you know what? In all the food poll things that we've done over the years for this program, in the hundred and fifty plus shows that we've done. Biscuits are serious business. Yeah, they are. We get a huge let's not, response. Let's not muck around <laughs> here. Biscuits are serious bloody business.
2: Let's launch into this with uh, with Lynn who says, mm-hmm. Dory Evans always had iced vovos in number 96. Who's old enough to remember? <laughs> I am too. And that was responded uh, to by uh, Donna who said, uh, Lynn, I used to watch number 96 and the box oh, when yeah. I was in primary Ken school. Ken James. Ken James, who played an actor, playing an actor, playing an actor, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I went to a Catholic school and the nuns would ask us what we watched on TV the night before. I would always look up the program guide and pick something that was suitable for children and families and tell them I watched it. I used to lie about what time I went to bed as these shows finished late. Well, Gets off the track a little bit. Well, um, but importantly,
1: what uh, what bickies were the nuns dunking into their tea when they're asking (laughs) these questions? That's what we need to know.
2: We do. Taylor says iced vovo for me, please. Helene iced vovos. Rachel TV snacks. Sarah Warmby love the uh, vovo pink coconut bits, but not the jam centre. I would gnaw around the edges, giving the jam part to the dog. Thus giving the dog diabetes. (laughs) Lovely. Gwenda says, I always have both in my house. Must admit the vovos are getting uh, very light on top these days and they're losing their flavour. Yeah, other people notice that too.
1: Cathy says, definitely uh, iced vovos. Marley says, TV snacks. Kristen says, TV snacks. Bart says, TV snacks for the win for his mate Butcher. (laughs) Also, strawberry mellows were far superior to iced vovos. Now, I don't remember those, but uh, Bart did put a photo of them up and I still don't remember them. Uh, Anne says, TV snacks. Lee's says, uh, real, original iced mm. Vovos with more topping. And Sylvana says, iced Vovos.
2: Terry Daniel, 2 double D says, wow, two good choices, but I'm leaning towards the iced Vovos with my cuppa today. Kerry says, good grief, this isn't even a competition. TV snacks win hands down. I didn't know people actually ate iced Vovos. Oh. Sue says, TV snacks for her, please. Michelle, TV snacks, one of her faves. Charlene, TV snacks. Karen, TV snacks. And Fran, iced Vovos all the way.
1: Robbie Elliott, who was on the t- TV says TV snacks by the box load. Uh, Alicia says TV snacks. John Vertigan says uh, vovos play a significant role in biscuit history. Who knew there was a biscuit history, John, for goodness sake? And they are great, but I have to go with the TV snacks. And I always leave two or three in the bottom of the box, so psychologically I know that I haven't eaten a whole box by myself. Very clever. Hey, that's good. Christy says uh, the ice vovos, and Angie says the TV snacks.
2: Oh, hang on, you I think I've page. just got one page.
1: Leonie?
2: Um, there it is. I knew <laughs> that. It's all right. It's okay. Leone says, tough choice. Mm. iced vovos this time. Yeah. Kate says, TV snacks. Iced vovo is like a splice ice cream. Just wrong. Whoa, controversial. Oh, hang on a minute. Kerry says, uh, vovo, kingy. Um, Kev, you can get lamington-flavoured iced vovos, which are the bomb. Okay, Mm. Stuart Crikey, you ask the hard questions. Iced Vovos only because I haven't had them in ages. Anne Peacock says, is a dead heat for her? Schnitz says, my problem with Vovos comes from childhood. I was presented some on a doorstep for Halloween. (laughs) I was confused then as I I still am now. TVs would have to uh, at least have been acceptable and Darren Purchase, I haven't tried either.
1: There you go. Which prompted the question: Are you actually, you know, from the planet to Earth, Darren? And you'd not have tried either. But finally, Wayne writes, and he writes well. He says, "Okay, this one would seem to be an easy choice: TV snacks, simply because of the wonder of chocolate. Chocolate is the bacon of the confectionery world, <laughs> in that it can make nearly anything good. The Harpic-sponsored uh, horror of Turkish delight being the obvious exception. The biscuit part is a problem, though. Mm. It is drier than a palm's bath mat." <laughs> and has the consistency of a cat litter tray. Mm. Uh, the ice vovo isn't that great either. Mm. It's a diabetes-inducing, <laughs> sugar-laden lump of sadness. There's another oh, coffee cup. Okay. Where the top is great, but the biscuit part is always soggier than a 1975 late August MCG Ford pocket. <laughs> but as a child, there was an art to eating ice vovos that made it cool. First, you ate the marshmallow bits mm. off the each side. Mm. Then the jammy bit in the middle, and lastly, the biscuit. Well, okay, you chucked the last bit in one of Grandma's pot plants when she wasn't looking. <laughs> I know the chalky covered piece of balsa wood will win, that being the TV snack, <laughs> but I'll take the Liberace of the biscuit world here. There you go. The
2: Liberace of the biscuit world. But
1: the TV snacks win the poll. Yeah. 60
2: 40. Someone pointed out, um, and I know Bart mentioned the uh, the strawberry mallow. Someone else said, "Yeah, some people might be confusing the TV snack with the the strawberry mallows because they have much more height." I oh, know the, the t- um, not
1: the TV snack, the ice fovos. Yeah,
2: the ice. Did I say yeah. TV snack? Yeah. I meant to say ice fovos. Yeah,
1: I loved ice fovos, I must admit, and I like the jammy bit. Didn't like the other bit. The little coconutty things got stuck in your teeth.
2: I don't like the them. Stuff. I don't eat anything with raspberry in it. Oh,
1: got a raspberry. That's a probably one of the few raspberry thingies that I will eat. I'm not big on raspberry either. Drank a
2: whole no, bottle great. of uh, raspberry cordial on a car trip up to Sydney when yeah, I was so a kid and vomited. I vomited the yeah, whole way. Not yeah. surprised.
1: Cheese doesn't make you vomit. <laughs> you wanted to know goodness that Goodness me, we did, but you can have all sorts of flavours <laughs> in your cheese and your, uh, when you make it yourself, you can do anything you like with it.
2: Mm. The yoghurt maker, you can you can customise your yoghurt, put as much or as little sugar or fruit exactly as you like. Exactly right. Make it healthy, make your own bircher music muesli for breakfast,
1: Kevin. 52821984, <laughs> that's Janet's number give her a call, cheeselinks.com.au all the details on the website. I and all the social media platforms. So uh, have a crack at it. Have a crack at making cheese. Yes. You know, there's many things that you you want to tick in your sort of culinary uh, uh, cooking adventure. Your culinary box. Make uh, <laughs> make cheese, one of them.
2: Make it. Thanks to Shane uh, Dalia for uh, being a wonderful guest yeah, this week. he was week. terrific.
1: Uh, and uh, don't forget, to check out his uh, television show. It starts next Thursday night. That's the 24th on SBS Food. It's called A Middle East Feast at 8 o'clock on uh, on SBS Food, and it will be absolutely fantastic. I like the fact that spicy doesn't, doesn't mean hot. doesn't have to be hot. Please, people, get with the programs like curries. They don't have to be hot to be tasty.
2: It's all about the flavour.
1: Exactly right. And joining us on our next edition Woo-hoo! of Food Bites, I think he's the first seven-foot-tall person we've had on the show.
2: Oh, maybe not. Have we had other stuff. Chris seven? Anstey's probably oh, pushing him there. Okay,
1: okay, take it back. <laughs> Chris, uh, another good bulldog. But they both
2: man. are of the same sporting yes. persuasion.
1: Andrew Bogut, uh, Australian basketball superstar, will join us next on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, thanks to Links. Yippee. I'm just going back out into the servants' quarters.
2: The old person's home.
1: Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> what? Thanks for listening to Food
0: Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen.
1: All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.